Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I would be delighted to have you. Uh, I'm going to move on from the last subject. If you want to call in about it, though, feel free. Uh, I will tell you, Charlie, just let me know. A couple of people have reached out and said that they are involved in the project and have all been told they have to be as discreet as possible uh, to avoid harassment. Uh, really, really just fascinating. Um, I, I want to move on, though, because the uh, Ivan Provorov story won't go away. Provy. Uh, Ivan Provorov is the uh, one of the players for the Flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers, not my beloved Golden Knights. So I, I figured this out. Philip can sometimes be smart, sometimes not, sometimes is, and he convinced me, you know, if I root for the Raiders and the Golden Knights in Las Vegas, I have greater excuses to go to Las Vegas so people won't think I'm going out there gambling because I'm not going out there gambling. I'll occasionally stand at the craps table, but I, I can't do blackjack or, or poker. One, I, I've never learned to play poker, and I don't want to. The slots are just kind of silly, uh, and blackjack I got to do there. And play. Okay, how twenty one? How close am I to twenty one? I'm gonna ah, nope. I'm I don't want to do blackjack. So it's just you roll the dice. You get a seven or an eleven. You win. Until a number's picked, and then you got to pick that number. And if you get a seven, you're toast. Um, it's, it's it's easy. It's the roll of the dice, and you can stay there all night getting free drinks, just rolling dice. If you know what you're doing, doing betting conservatively. But really, I go to Vegas for machine guns. I've been to all the great machine gun places in Las Vegas. So now I can go say I'm rooting for the Golden Knights, the hockey team out there. But every time I show up, they lose. I may go to one. Philip, in a couple of weeks without you and sit in those same great seats we had at the last one without you and watch the Golden Knights play somebody without you. (laughs) He's very upset. His wife is having a child. He can't go with me for that trip. But nonetheless, so it's his fault that I've kind of gotten into hockey. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not a basketball fan. I've never really been a basketball fan. And I think basketball is probably the most liberal of all the sports. Particularly, I mean, given their their cooperation with China and the like. So there is this weird period of time when the Super Bowl ends and baseball begins that all I will have to watch is hockey. So I will watch hockey. And I will cheer on Ivan Provorov for standing up for himself. Now, let me give you the actual facts. And kudos to SB Nation, which is a liberal sports site. And and the writer has actually done a, a very good job of explaining what actually happened. The Philadelphia Flyers designated a game as Pride Night. They were raising money for a number of gay rights groups in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And what they were going to do is have the players wear pride-themed jerseys. They were black jerseys, and their numbers on the back of their jerseys, instead of being white, would be the rainbow flag. And they would have hockey sticks that had uh, the the bottom, the flat part of the stick, would be the rainbow flag. And they'd auction those off, 
raise money in ticket sales as well. Uh, special pride-themed warm-up jerseys and use warm-up sticks wrapped in rainbow pride tape. The jerseys and sticks would be auctioned off by Flyers Charities following the game with proceeds going to Flyers Charities and their efforts to grow the game of hockey in diverse communities. So this is what happened. Prior to warm-ups, Ivan Provorov notified the team that he didn't want to participate in this 15 All it was was 15 minutes. He said uh, because of his religion, he is a devout Russian Orthodox. He did not want to wear those articles of clothing. And he declined to participate in the pregame activity. That's it. It was 15 minutes. They did this 15 minutes without him. That's it. They went back. They put on their game jerseys. They played a game and they beat the Anaheim Ducks. And for that, sports writers across America and gay rights groups are demanding he be censured, fired, fined, driven from the league, punished. One ESPN commentator actually said he should go back to Russia. He should go back to Russia. It's just absurd. I'm going to try to play this audio. It's not fantastic. Uh, This is uh, from ESPN. And you just know NHL Network, NHL Network. Let me see if I can get this for you. Let me see if I'm going to try to work some magic here because it's like a someone recording the TV. And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave, go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. So that that was an NHL analyst that if Ivan Provorov doesn't want to spend 15 minutes on an ice rink wearing a pride jersey. He can go back to Russia and fight in a war or maybe die. Tolerance, people. I have a friend who is a pastor who for years has told me the rainbow flag is our mark of the beast. I'm not willing to go that far. Just just give you, give you background here. There's, this is something in Revelation. Uh, in Revelation, there is a, a beast rising from uh, the earth, performs great signs, makes fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. Um, it, it, it just, it's, it's some sort of fantastical creature or so it's described. Also, it causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for is the number of a man, and his number is 666. 
the mark of the beast. Now, there are literalists who misconstrue this, and there are people, you know, who think it's a barcode that uh, to engage in transactions on planet Earth, you're going to have to have this barcode. Um, Every generation of Christians uh, has some wackadoos who believe something is the mark of the beast, like the vaccine. The vaccine is the mark of the beast, which it can't be because it's got to be an outward expression of inward heart change towards something. Uh, essentially what most religious scholars conclude is that it was uh, the visage of Nero on a coin. It was meant to be about Nero, that you could not buy goods and services when Nero was the emperor of Rome without using coinage with his face on it, and that went also for the Jews who had been exempted from emperor worship, uh, and, and yet they couldn't buy stuff without Nero's picture on the coins. But um, a lot of theologians also say every everybody there there are multiple marks of the beast that just as in Isaiah you have the passage of um, the virgin will be with child and then lo and behold there's this young woman who gives birth in the very next chapter that is an echo of the future of the virgin birth that uh, the Nero mark of the beast is an echo of a future to come to some degree. But there are these shibboleths in society that over time people develop and you have to embrace or you're an outcast. And to that degree, I guess I can see. Now, I think I need to pause here and say something, though. You know what the pride flag is really about? We've had a really crappy history in this country of being tolerant of gay and lesbian people. And when people put out the pride flag, it was a very simple symbol of you are welcome here and won't be harassed. For a very long time, if you were perceived to being gay, you would could be beaten up, you'd lose your job, be fired, harassed to this day. There are uh, gays and lesbians in Hollywood whose publicists set them up on heterosexual dates because they're afraid it will impact their business. You may disagree with gay marriage. I'm an evangelical Christian. I believe God created marriage between a man and a woman. But you should have some level of empathy for people who are gay or lesbian, and up until very recently, it was very common for them to be harassed or to be made to feel unwelcome. The problem is that now people are expected to hoist the rainbow flag, and if you don't, you're intolerant. So the tolerance crowd that hoisted the flag is now intolerant of people who aren't down with an agenda. That has become an agenda. It's not just about toleration or acceptance of someone who's gay and lesbian. It is about a whole host of policy positions. If it was just about the acceptance, Ivan Provorov should be able to come out and say, I have gay friends, and that would be the end of it, and I'm sure he does. But no, he's got to wear the jersey. He's got to perform because it is a secular performance to demonstrate outwardly an inward change of heart like the mark of the beast is supposed to be. I mean, we've gone from bake the cake bigot to wear the shirt bigot or else go back to Russia and maybe not die in a war. This is a level of intolerance from the tolerance crowd. 
This is about, you know, how uh, the intersectionalists, they say that when, when the oppressed rise to the level of the oppressor, we will have peace in our times. No, no. What we're seeing is that they can be as oppressive or even more oppressive than anyone else. I mean, the fact of the matter is the civil rights movement and being black in this country really aren't able to be equated to being gay, despite what a lot of uh, activists say. You don't need a sticker on the back of your car to tell someone you're black. You don't need to wear a jersey to tell someone you're black. It's not the same. And I think we should be mindful of harassment of the gay and lesbian community in this country and the things that they went through that were not right, where people wish to judge them by their sexual preference as opposed to the character that they had. And they were presumed to have bad character based on who they slept with, which was wrong. But we should not accept turning this around and trying to punish a man for refusing to go along with it. If you are a Christian, by faith you believe in a world order where God created us male and female, and male and female were meant to be together in marriage and have children. That is your worldview if you are a Christian. And if you say it's not your worldview, then I have to question your faith. I do, because that's Genesis 1. I mean, that's like the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible. And Christ reaffirms it. But we shouldn't condemn people who don't want to go along with that and they want to hoist the rainbow flag. They disagree. We live in a pluralistic society. What we're finding, though, is this new level of intolerance from the left that says you either have to do this or be punished. You have to do this or be shut up. You have to do this or be fined. There are sports writers at ESPN and the NHL uh, um, TV league or TV channel saying he needed to be fined or fired or punished and not allowed to play in the game if he wouldn't for 15 minutes before the game put on a jersey. Bake the cake, bigot, wear the shirt, bigot. It's the same thing. We should be intolerant of that level of intolerance. Whatever happened to live and let live? It is what the activist community on the left said that's what they wanted. It's just live and let live. But now you're not allowed to be left alone to live unless you conform. It is comply or die at this point. And that makes them not a whole lot better than those radical Islamic terrorists who tell you convert or die. Now you got to comply or die? Really the only difference between the radical left and the Islamists at this point is whether or not you physically die or they just destroy your life. And none of us should tolerate that. Provi should be just as much allowed to live his life without consequence for living his life publicly, true to himself and his religious beliefs, as anyone who wanted to wear the jersey. What's the most remarkable part of the story, however, to me, is that statistically there are multiple members of his team who agree with him. But he was the only one who was willing to stand up to the bullies. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlingBranch.com. That's BowlingBranch, B-O-L-L. 
B-L-L-A-N-D-Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Bullet Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Eric, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code Eric. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. I want to jump back to the phones. David's been waiting very patiently about the Antifa situation. David, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Thank you, Eric. Uh, by the way, that was a great segment. I enjoyed that as well. Thank you. Um, and thank you for highlighting the story of Cop City because it's been going on a long time, and it's much worse than, than even you have heard. So my son is a veteran firefighter with DeKalb County. He's also a command officer in Battalion 3, which covers that area. He is uh, has responded many times to that facility. Um, so what these terrorists, and I'm going to tell you why the word terrorist is completely appropriate here. They started by setting brush fires, and the fire department would respond. And while they were fighting the brush fires, their vehicles would be vandalized. So this went through a cycle. Then it escalated to a point and my son personally saw this, where, do you know what, do you know what punji steaks are? No. Punji steaks, the Viet Cong, during the Vietnam War, dug pits and put sharpened sticks in the oh, bottom. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, I do know what you're talking about. And coated those with feces. This group built those pits, set the fire with the intention of firefighters falling into these pits. Wow. When they discovered that, the Cab Fire Command, which I have complete respect for, who care about their men, said, we are no longer going to respond to brush fires unless they threaten property outside of that facility because they can't risk their men. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, by the way, Eric, um, a very astute battalion chief at DeKalb County during the height of the George Floyd stuff got a hold of a federal grant and got every firefighter in DeKalb County ballistic vests and helmets. Hey, David, so can I ask part. you a question? Um, so I've got uh, 30 seconds here, and I can you hold over for the next break, uh, the, those those Absolutely. four minutes? Because I'd like to keep talking to you about this. Absolutely. All right, this I'm story gonna, needs to be told. Yeah, it does. It really does. I'm going to put you on hold here, and we're going to be back with David giving us the inside scoop on what these people are actually doing that's not getting covered in the national press. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, it is we've got an Antifa situation in Atlanta, and they're threatening an, a night of rage tomorrow to conduct violence against the police and their allies because they tried to kill a police officer, and instead the shooter himself got killed, and this is their response. We'll be back. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson. If you're just tuning in, let me do what they call a reset. We're talking about uh, the ongoing terror attacks in the southeast, particularly the Atlanta area by Antifa and defund the police terror organizations that the media is acutely calling activists and protesters. They're harassing contractors, police, firemen and others due to the building of what they derisively call Cop City. It's a new police training facility for the city of Atlanta where there's a 89-acre wooded lot. They claim it's a park. It's not. Uh, And they've taken it over. 
Yesterday, there was a shooting as the police tried to get the protesters to leave. They shot a cop. The police responded in kind, killing the protester. And now Antifa is declaring a night of rage. Now, I said it was in Atlanta, but a friend of mine who was in the FBI has pinged me and said they're actually trying to do nights of rage around the country in protest. Uh, They're expecting it to happen in Portland, Oregon tomorrow night as well, supposedly in solidarity. On the line with me is David. David's son is a firefighter, and he's been telling me about some of what's been going on that hasn't gotten media coverage. David, welcome. Thank you for being through the break. Thank you, Eric. So just picking up the theme. So documented terrorist tactics from the Viet Cong, building these pits with sticks lined with feces. That was when the fire command said, we're not going in the woods anymore. Um, They support their firefighters. And by the way, when they went in the woods, they saw these people. They saw these encampments. And the firefighters asked the cops, DeKalb County Police, why won't you go in and do something? And they said they're being prohibited by by the leadership of the county, mm. that it was politically too sensitive. Not This is not a dig on the police. This is the politicians right. who said, we are not going to confront these people. It's a Black Lives Matter kind of thing, the way they did it. So they quit responding to the brush fires. So they started doing dumpster fires on the perimeter of the property and putting uh, propane cylinders, camping propane cylinders in the dumpsters to explode. Mm. So at that point, they stopped responding to anything on site. Mm-hmm. The cab police were prohibited by the politicians from doing anything. Atlanta wanted nothing to do with it. It is DeKalb County. It's not Atlanta or Fulton right. County. So what did they do? They took the fight to the fire department. Station 10 is located right up the road. They assaulted that station violently. They invaded the fire station with firefighters there. They threw rocks. They threw high-powered fireworks. And I can assure you these firefighters can defend themselves. Mm -hmm. They were told not to. So what did they do? The captain of the station on duty, they evacuated the station. They took the engine, and they left. That was when it got the attention of Governor Kemp. Mm-hmm. The next day, the state police got involved, and everything changed after that. Oh, I bet so. so. Thank, thank you, Governor Kemp, because the locals, politicians, did not have the guts to confront this situation. And this is not, this is more than BLM. I mean, this is true terrorism. This is trying to kill people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it was allowed to go so so far. Well, and you know, I was found an old story from it's been months and months and months ago after they took credit for firebombing the uh, daycare center. They yeah, the firebombing a daycare center, folks. That's what they've done. Um, that they also showed up at one of the contractors' offices near the teepee up where the Braves play. And with high powered, yeah, with uh, with high powered Roman candles, uh, firing those into the office, trying to set it on fire. Um, I mean, this this is what these people are doing, and I, I, for the life of me, and again, I'm not trying to make a political point, but if this was a Proud Boys, pro Trump, something. The media would be all over it, and they're looking at this as, oh, it's just a Black Lives Matters protest. It's uh, sprung about because of the George Floyd protest. Therefore, uh, the, we're not going to make these people look bad, and they're actively trying to take people's lives. Uh, there's also, by the way, I, I have been reached out to by a pastor who said they actually showed up at his church uh, and disrupted church services trying to harass out people in the church who worked for the contractor. 
I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, and, go ahead. And, and Eric, I know you're a big supporter of, of first responders and police and everybody. These guys make like $45,000 a year. Mm-hmm. They have a horrible job. Battalion three is the hood. My son deals with um, overdoses and shootings every shift. I can't tell you the stories he can tell me. And they don't, they don't even get the backing of the politicians to keep them safe from these people. That's honestly, David, that's one of the most infuriating parts of this is that DeKalb County is such a cluster when it comes to governmental uh, competence uh, down to the local level is for those of you listening outside of the metro Atlanta area, it's a highly progressive area and and lots of racial tension and the the leadership there has is so far left that they they literally they're not interested in solving this problem the land is owned by the city of atlanta that has a vested interest in getting this built but the county that the land is in is actually one county over from atlanta decab and they're not willing to do anything this is it's so absurd well, look, David, I appreciate you calling and sharing and, and hate it for your son. God bless him and his and his colleagues there having to put up with this garbage. Uh, and, and good for you and for me for not uttering profanities on the radio about this stuff. Yes. And, and again, thank you for bringing this up. And th- this isn't going to go away. This will lose the news cycle. But these people aren't going to quit. Nope. And we can't quit either. Yeah. Amen to that. Thank you, David. Thanks for being patient with me and, and hanging on. Yeah. And, and to David's point, you can't quit. They're not going to quit. They're going to be emboldened if you do quit. So you, you got to proceed. But I, I want to recount for you now all of what's happened that none of you nationwide have heard anything about. And you would have if these were Proud Boys. They dug pits with spikes and feces to try to kill or harm firefighters. When the firefighters stopped showing up, they invaded the fire station, vandalized it, and attacked the firefighters. They firebombed an after-school daycare facility. They've tried to firebomb the contractors' offices in multiple locations. They have shown up at churches where employees of the contractor, building contractor work. Uh, to harass the church congregations and the church services. They have harassed the families. They have threatened families. Uh, one guy claims, and I, 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 this one I can't back up, but claims his tires were slashed, and he's one of the contractors. I know from a friend of mine that uh, Antifa members have showed up at one of the senior contractors' homes. That I can confirm to threaten the family. They vandalized their house. This isn't protest. And this isn't activism. This is terrorism. This is terrorism. And the media is coddling these people, calling them protesters and activists. And what these protesters and activists, terrorists say is that, oh, well, you know, that's their side. That's their truth. Our truth is we're living in the forest defending the woodland fairies or some such. By the way, back to David's point. Good for the governor of the state of Georgia getting the state police involved. Keep the state police involved. Bring in the National Guard. You got to fight fire with fire. You know, I mean, to Joe Biden, Joe Biden's the one who said AR-15s don't matter when you have F-15s. Bring in the F-15s. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. Pierce, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Pierce. Hey, Eric. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. (laughs) I know I told your straw screener one thing, and listening to David, I was just going to let you know I grew up in that area where that is taking place. Mm-hmm. We, that used to be a prison farm yes. in the city of Atlanta. 
it was a working farm, and we used to dove hunt along the South River when I was growing up. Huh. Hunt rabbit over there. But um, I just think Antifa might get by with this stuff in Portland, but when they brought their battle to the South, I think they're going to find out real quick that this is not going to work. And if I was the governor, I'm like you. I would call in the National Guard, enough of them that I'd sweep that place clean in one day. And right behind the National Guard, have an army of bulldozers and push those woods over. Yep. Never have I I wanted to go clear-cut a lot of land in my life like I do right now. (laughs) And, you know, and I'm going to switch back over real quick because I know you're running out of time. That's all right. Uh, the hockey player for the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, they're going after him because he did a support the military practice jersey. Mm-hmm. Now, what if on the uh, what if I wonder how they'd treat him if he had rejected the support the military? Oh yeah, wear the jersey. Oh, I can tell you, morning it, shows and everything else. Yep, I can tell you, he would be a hero. Uh, if that had been the case, absolutely would be, be a hero. Um, so we're seeing, you know, my thing is the, the, the fact that the, the national media is not showing what's going on in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. If I'm someone living in that area and you start harassing me, threatening me, you know, down South, we, a lot of us have guns in the house Yep. and we, you know, these people aren't picking the right fight. I don't think. Nope, I, I don't. I don't think so. It, except get, one of them's going to get hurt. Private the, citizens are going to rise up. They should. I, I mean, people should. Should. I mean, at least right now, the police <laughs> seem to have it. But you know, and to to the point here, this is DeKalb County, where that government um, is so scared of being um, looked at as as any way conservative or pro law and order. Of course, they've gotten away with it so much more. Pierce, thanks for the phone call. They, I mean, they they have been to some degree the local police, and I don't know that the local police actually understand what they've done, but the local police have incentivized that level of behavior by turning a blind eye, allowing it to fester. And you got to stand up to these people. You got to stand up. You cannot be coward if you are in charge of this project. And, And just, again, so you understand, this is a project to build a police training facility so that the police are better equipped and better trained. What they're saying is it's going to be about militarizing the police. They don't care what the truth is. They're not even willing to acknowledge that their activists shot the police first. They're clear. We all, we just heard God. We don't know what happened. He was a loving activist who was kind eyes and fierce is how they're describing him. Not going to give the name. It's just infuriatingly ridiculous that this is where we are. Now, I'm going to go on and take time out here so that I can come back and, and wrap this up with a call. Um, I, I I want to be able to do that. And it's, gosh, we spent so much. I wasn't even expecting to talk about this this subject today, but but suddenly had to with this night of rage stuff. Um, you know, I well, well, we'll get into the, when we come back. Just just stick around, folks. We got more. Well, we have some breaking news. It is 2.52 p.m. on Thursday, January 19th. The United States has hit the debt ceiling. Here's Steve Ratner, who was Obama's car czar and economic advisor. 
Joe economic analyst Steve Ratner. Steve, good morning. So good morning. this deadline is almost certain to, to come and go. It's an initial deadline, as, as you were telling us yesterday. We do have some time to figure this out. But what happens today when this debt limit deadline goes and the markets react how the rest of the world reacts how what, what's going to happen uh, the markets will react relatively benignly the world will react relatively benignly because everybody knows this is uh, uh this is sort of the warm-up if you will mm -hmm. and history will tell us that in every single case where you had a debt limit fight it went down to the wire after these so-called extraordinary measures were put in place after they bought time in effect by taking little pockets of money they had access to and things like the other things they could do. The best estimate is July, could be June, could be August. History would tell you it usually tends to be a little bit later than they think. But you're going to see a kind of kabuki dance and everybody repeating their same positions all along. White House won't negotiate. Republicans want major changes. And then at you know, 11 p.m. some night in July, with luck, with luck, we'll actually get this thing resolved. Yeah, maybe, except the Democrats are going to have to figure out what spinning they're going to cut because they're going to have to cut some spinning. There aren't enough. Uh, look, Kevin McCarthy kept his end of the deal. He put these conservatives on the rules committee. You're not going to be able to get out of the rules committee without making some cuts. You got to make some cuts and we've got to cut. Y'all, this is actually it's becoming a national security issue. We can't afford any sort of military buildup to combat what the Chinese are doing. I mean, look at our NOTAM system, the, the notice to airmen, air mission system that collapsed supposedly hardware software. Uh, I'm still in camp that it's probably a hack considering Canada's went down the next day. The coincidence is just too rich of a coincidence. But regardless, you got to do upgrades. We don't even have the money for that. They keep spending money. But we don't have the money to spend. And you can't raise taxes. And now I know Democrats think you can raise taxes, raise taxes. The economy is slowing. Let me give you guys the list. This is fresh off the, the wire here, just so you have the list. Google is laying off 230 employees from their health services division. Okay, not a big deal. <laughs> Microsoft, 10,000 employees gone. Amazon, 18,000 employees gone. Facebook, 11,000 employees gone. Salesforce, 7,000 employees gone. Microsoft laying off 5% of its 5% of its workforce at 10,000 and may go to 15. Amazon is laying off now 50% of the staff of Comixology, their, their comic book publishing company, in addition to the 18,000 already. They're laying off some of the Alexa division employees that lost $10 billion last year. Our tech companies have been our biggest companies, and they're the beginning the layoffs. Goldman Sachs is beginning the layoffs. The financial sector is starting to be hit. We're headed towards economically rough times. You want to raise taxes on people? It's going to slow the economy further. It's going to cost more money in the economy. People will pull out money. Remember what people do with their money when it's not taxed. They don't just spend it on themselves. But even if they do, they're buying stuff in the economy. But the rich spend that money in their companies. They invest that money in other people. 
You raise taxes on them, they're going to cut out that spending. It's like the companies that are forced to pay the uh, increased minimum wage in Seattle. They cut health care benefits for employees to be able to make ends meet. You raise taxes on them, they're going to cut more. They're going to cut employees. You can't do that when the economy is headed into recession. Raising taxes provokes recessions. Interest rate hikes provoke recessions. Interest rate hikes coupled with tax increases is going to provoke a depression. And I dare you to make that billion dollar, trillion dollar platinum coin. That'll just ruin everything. These people have no idea what they're doing. The Federal Reserve seems to know they're trying to land the economy, but you have to make cuts. Even if we were to raise taxes, and there aren't votes there for that, even if we were, you'd risk the economy and you wouldn't cut, you wouldn't raise enough money to have a meaningful impact on the national debt. There have to be spending cuts. At this point, our government cannot continue to be the be-all, end-all man boob for everyone. The government has to downsize. What are we going to cut? Why don't we have a BRAC commission for government services? They do it for military installations. Do it for government services. Do we really need the Consumer Product Safety Commission? Do we really need the cabinet departments of labor and commerce? Can things be combined? Can we reduce the uh, Department of Education workforce and put it back into the HHS and and go back to health education and and labor or something like that? Can, Can we consolidate? Can we collapse? Can we save money on duplicative services? Can we end programs that aren't worthwhile? We've got to start having these discussions. Might as well have them now. We have hit the debt ceiling. The Treasury Department will monkey with the books to keep it from actually going having real impact for the next several months. But it's time to have the conversations and make the compromises and make the cuts necessary to keep the government running and bring us, please, for the love of God, a balanced budget, which the Republicans say they will do.